0: Hello, and welcome to Backyard Catch, a 2020 edition of the podcast. This is Nick Roby, and I'm joined again by Will Harper. Will, how's it going? Going good, man, going good. 2020 is here. This is our our first
1: one of the new year, so looking forward to doing this more often. Uh, Coming at you more times in 2020.
0: Yeah, I like it. Uh, It's crazy. We've already uh, passed... Uh, the year mark. I don't know if, if you guys have seen that, but thank you for supporting and listening to the podcast. It's already been a year, which is still kind of crazy for me to wrap my brain around that. Just time just travels that fast. That's where it's, we're already lapping again. And it's about to, we're in the middle of basketball season for college basketball. And then we've got March madness coming up in spring. Pitchers and catchers are reporting this week. Like it's flying by, which is pretty fun. Um, so, Will, I, what we were kind of thinking of is, if y'all haven't heard, there is another football league that's coming up. You're like, wait, I thought the Super Bowl was just over. Well, it was. It is a spring league. Um, and then you might go, well, wait, I heard about a league last year. It's different than the one last year. We have a different league. So last year was the AAF. Uh, the Amer- was it was the American Alliance. The
1: Alliance. The Alliance of American
0: Football, I believe, is what it was alliance of american football okay so we have that and now we have uh, xfl 2.0 so they i wanted to say it was early 2000 or 2001 when they combined with wwe to try to make a spring league but they did it in more like an entertainment way and so it flopped after a year and they had some different issues with that and now we have the second edition that just debuted this past weekend, the weekend after the Super Bowl, so we're gonna kind of give our thoughts on that. Um, so before they really tried to be different and really go for the entertainment and kind of go with the little showmanship of like the WWE, and this time around it seems like they're going for more of a alternative but supportive way with the NFL to where they're more of a spring league, kind of a minor league, but kind of their own thing, but they're working together more and where the difference is, they're just going to have some different rules that kind of help make up, make it a little bit of a fresh look. So they start off with eight teams. We have four in the East and four in the West. We've got the New York guardians, the St. Louis battle Hawks, which I didn't even know a battle Hawk existed, but now we do. Uh, and the DC. Cool. Def- yeah. The DC defenders. Uh, like defending the capital, the Tampa Bay Vipers, which I think that's kind of cool. Houston Roughnecks, uh, Seattle Dragons, the Dallas Renegades and the Los Angeles Wildcats. So not as much of the adjective words as they used last time. They have some more some more mascots, uh, even a little shout out to to your mascot, Will, from Dallas, right. the Renegades, um, the Renegades. So there's those are the eight teams, and they're going more for, you know, they play. I want to say they're going to do like ten or ten or twelve. Yeah, weeks. it's a it's a ten it's a
1: ten week regular season. So you play everyone in your division twice. Um, so you, that's that's three to other teams in your division. So twice is six games. You play the other four teams once. Um, there mm-hmm. is no bye week, so it's just straight up ten weeks in a row. Um, leading up to the playoffs and the playoff format is the top two teams from each division will play each other in a semifinal. And then those will play each other in whatever the XFL names their Super Bowl um, the following week. So yeah. essentially 12 yeah. weeks of, of, of more football to carry you into pretty much the, the, crux of baseball season of the masters and golf will be up by the end um, and really be getting you ready for, for spring and college football starting back up after that. So
0: it's a it's a full year sport now. This is really yeah, bridging I mean, the gap. I mean, this really does. I think their plan is to kind of bridge the yeah bridge the gap of the off season of the NFL and college, to where if you wanted your football fix, that they're gonna go full circle in this, which I think is. It's cool, and, and if that's what you – is your favorite sport, then obviously like you're going to be interested in this. Um, what rules were – we can kind of hit on that. Which rule kind of stood out to you that you thought was the most interesting or there's the, mo- the one you're most intrigued by, how that was going to kind of play out?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking through the rules right now. Um, one thing that I really like about this iteration of the XFL is that they have legitimate football people like running the operation. So the commissioner right. is Oliver Luck, which is Andrew's dad. Um, he was a, a football player in the NFL. Um, and they have other football people actually in the organizations to help build personnel. Like all the coaches are pretty much well-known. Like Bob Stutz is coaching the Renegades. Um, June mm-hmm. Jones is coaching the Roughnecks. You have like legitimate coaches that people know um, coaching these teams. And with their rules um, – A couple of my favorites. I didn't, so I did get to watch a couple of the games this weekend. I didn't get to watch every minute of every game, Um, but one I'm looking forward to that I personally did not see in action was the double forward pass. So they are allowing two forward passes as long as the the second pass happens behind the line of scrimmage. So like right now, if you want to run a trick play where you throw it to the receiver and the receiver throws it downfield, you have to make sure that you throw it behind where the quarterback releases it so essentially it's a lateral so if the guy drops it it's not an incomplete pass it's a fumble um if a guy knocks it away it's a fumble not an incomplete pass so with this you can throw it forward like you would a screen normally um but in turn the guy who catches it can turn around and throw it back to the quarterback or downfield or or pretty much anything else so it's it's really going to help um with those trick plays, so if you if you see a pass going to the receiver, usually you could tell if the receiver was running backwards to catch it, you knew it was going to be a double pass. Uh-huh. Now now you're not going to know. The normal screen can turn into a double pass pretty easily. Um, that's probably the one I'm looking most I'm, I'm most looking forward to. The other thing is this overtime rule. Have you seen their overtime rules?
0: No, I'm I'm looking at it <clears> now. Um, why don't you run it through for the people? Yeah, so the overtime rules, I think, are pretty slick.
1: Um, one of my favorite movies I did was The Mighty Ducks, and specifically uh, mm-hmm. D 2 the one where like the, the kids play <laughs> yes. with Team USA. And like the pinnacle of the movie is the shootout between, mm-hmm. is it is it Iceland? Um, I want to say it's Iceland, yeah. Iceland and the U.S., and so they take turns. like Essentially, it's one-on-one. It's the goalie versus uh the guy with the puck trying to score that's what the xfl rules are pretty much it's like each team gets five chances to score from the five yard line so if Uh me and you are are like if i'm the renegades and you're the roughnecks i go first i run a play from the five if i score it's two points your team comes on the field Against my defense, if you score, is two points. So it's essentially like a shootout, like it would be in soccer or the NHL or whatever like that. Um, If it's still tied after five, so let's say I convert three times and miss two, you convert three times and miss two, then it becomes like one time. So I'm out there, I go for a play. If I score, you have to score or I win. If I miss it, I have to stop you or you win. So I think it's pretty neat. It's going to be... It's going to be intense when it actually happens.
0: Yeah, I would say that it does have a de- definitely like a, a shootout, like in soccer, like penalty shootout. I mean, that's what that's mm-hmm. what's coming to mind for me, is that that's what they're really trying to go. Instead of just having these long, drawn-out uh, extra periods that are kind of football, but it's not always fully where both teams get a shot. At least with this, each team would get a shot. And even and its – of the quicker – Variety it definitely would be a more exciting right. type of a finish. Um, so and we yeah we didn't really get to see any of those this past weekend because it felt like it felt like there were a couple of teams that definitely you could tell that they were the better team at least right. in that first game. So there wasn't going to be as close of a chance to get to do this. But I mean I like that it. it's creative, it's something different which is kind of fun. And it makes sense for a sport like football because. The biggest
1: problem that people have with like a a soccer version of this is that in soccer, you play 11-on-11 the entire game. And then it could come down, if these are the rules in your league, where it comes down to one-on-one. But with football, it's still 11-on-11. You have plays inside the the 10-yard line, inside the five, all throughout the game. So it's not like a scenario where it's a one-on-one in a team sport. It's both teams um, in a situation that happens normally throughout every game with a goal line play. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's why I think it makes a lot of sense for football, and it's something that I think that college football and the NFL, if it's a success in this league, it's something they could at least think about implementing in their sports going forward.
0: No, I mean, I yeah, I like it. I think in a way it's kind of a – way for the NFL to test it out because, I mean, that's what happened when um, the ABA and the NBA, when they joined the NBA back in the day, they're the ones you had the three-point line. And when they joined, if I remember correctly, when they joined, that's when the NBA started implementing the three-point line because I saw how exciting it was, how it increased the play and really added value to the game when it wasn't that wasn't as traditional a part of it. And so I think it would be interesting to see if the NFL starts if they see success with it and they see that the fans like it and they see the overall uh, how it works and it works well for the teams in the league, I mean, I, I would think that they might adopt at least one or two of these rules down the road. I mean, they're pretty traditional in most ways, so I, think, I don't know if it'll be all of it, but I like the ideas behind some of it, especially with overtime could be interesting because they're definitely trying to tweak overtime. That's not that's not a finished product um for sure another yeah. another one that i like too and it's not as like of a exciting but i like the fact that there there's a 25 uh second play clock like i like how interesting that makes it and i like that it really pushes the game faster like when you watch the game you can feel it be a faster pace um, mm-hmm. like i think like arena football they're very fast, but it's just a short field and it doesn't fully feel like football and the scoring is a lot higher. So there's not as much of a struggle. That is what makes football really fun is, you know, you have the defense and offense really going at each other and there's a struggle. But as Americans, I think we just want to see points as well, but you want them to feel hard fought for. And so I like that it's still football, but it's a faster pace. You have to make decisions faster. And so, it feels more of like the faster like college offenses that really started going like with Oregon when they started their hurry up tempo like that people just they've shown to like that and players like playing in that way and just more of a call play and go type of thing and so I think that's really fun and what else there was another one that I really liked um we can also talk about, I mean, like they, they have like the college rules to where like they only have to have one foot in bounds. Um, oh, and now I now I remember uh, the one I also like to was the comeback rule, like with two minutes left. That the, the ball stops uh, whenever it gets placed and then the clock starts going after the ball is placed. So, right, to where, so it's essentially like you don't have to
1: you don't have to. If you get tackled inbounds, like in the NFL now, the clock keeps running, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Where in this, you have time to come down and reset. You're not wasting five, six seconds trying to run up to the ball and snap it. You have time to get down there, spike it, and then get your next play in. So it saves those right. few precious seconds you can need if you're if you're coming from behind. And especially, too, if you're trailing by nine, that's only a one-score game in the, in the XFL.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we I mean, for the, that's the 50 point extra point. Right, which is hard to, to wrap my brain around because they kept saying, like, for example, one team was down like 12 points. And I saw the Twitter page for the XFL. Was like, hey, just remember, this is a two-score game. And I was like, wait a minute, I guess it is because you could just do a field goal. I mean, obviously, a touchdown, six points, but then we haven't touched on this. But then the extra points... So instead of you kicking an extra point like normal for one point or going for two points uh, with a two point conversion, now there's no kicking, but then you have a choice of a one, two, or three point play, but you go from either, I think, the two, the five, or the 10. And so it, wherever you start, if you convert it, that's how many points you get. So it gives, I mean, it definitely gives coaches a lot more options of what they want to do. There's a lot more strategy behind it. Yeah. And I'm as not, the season not goes sure. along. Go ahead. Huh? I said, go ahead. Finish, finish your throw. Then well, I'll go. No, I was going to say, I don't know if I want, it'd be hard. I think it'd be harder to be a coach. You're definitely more scrutinized just because <laughs> of all these decision, <laughs> sure. decisions and you're on the mic the whole time. Yeah. It's just a lot more decisions to make.
1: i say there's there going to be some more analytics involved as the season goes along to see, okay, It's either a one-point try try from the two, a two-point try from the five, or a three-point try from the ten. So the plays that you run from the two and the five, are they essentially the same? And does it benefit you more to just go for the two every time because you have a little more space to work? I don't know. I'll be interested to see how that kind of plays out. Um, So just overall, did you you get to watch much of it?
0: I would say overall, I watched, a lot of the opening game. I, I saw most of the opening game. Okay. With that was between uh, DC defenders with Cardell Jones, who was the third-string quarterback from Ohio State, if you remember, who helped them win Twelve a gauge. title. 12-gauge, as he's, cause he's, he's never known.
1: He's never lost a game that he started since high school. Called that post is still
0: high crazy. Yeah. Post-high school. That's still crazy. Um, and they were playing the Seattle Dragons, and so that was fun. I would say uh, DC was definitely the better team, um, uh, but that was interesting. And then I saw like little bits of the other games. Uh, I didn't really get to watch as much of the other ones, but seeing the first one, I, I liked it. I think the flow was different. I, if I'm being honest, I had lower expectations, and I think maybe that's also because of the AAF last year you know, you kind of think about right. like, okay, a second league, and also, you know, this is the second time they're trying this. I said low expectations, but it was fun and different. and you know, uh, college basketball is, is picking up, but it's still not into its like full groove yet, so there does feel like a little bit of a void, and so I I I don't know, I, w- I was impressed. I would say I was pleasantly surprised with it. I mean, what did you think? Yeah, so I'm, I'm
1: kind of about the same. On Saturday, I was building a recumbent bike that we got <laughs> so i had i was building the bike upstairs and i had my ipad and my earphones plugged in like actually watching listening to it as i was building um, our stationary bike and i liked it so i think that the rule changes and then the interviews i really like the in-game interviews with the coaches and the players and the live mics, like with the the offensive coordinators coming into the headsets of the offensive players. I like kind of the the personal touch that they put on it. Um, Those, and then the, the quick pace of play, like you mentioned, the rule updates, they're doing what they need to to make it last because the talent just isn't as good, which, I mean, that's what you expect. These are all players that are, like, right on the edge, of making right. NFL rosters, but they're just on the wrong side of the 53-man roster. Um, so, I mean, they're they're still world-class athletes, but they're just not as good. They're not as good as Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Like You're not going to see those types of pros sure. and plays in the XFL. But the things they're doing, like the personal touch of the interviews and talking with people in-game and listening in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's going to make it interesting. Um, I really like that aspect of it. I think it's kind of crazy, like if you (laughs) throw an interception to lose the championship, um, you're going to come off the field and they're just going to interview you on the spot. It's like, what made you throw that pass? (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) there's there's going to be some uh, some five second delays for sure. Um, But I I, I really I really like it. Um, I'll be interested to see kind of after week three or week four what's going on. Because the AAF last year, the first weekend, they did pretty well. Not as well as the XFL did. um, Because the XFL has some legit TV partners. They're partnering with ESPN and Fox Sports. So the games are on Fox, FS1, ESPN, ABC, and ESPN2. So they're all going to be like nationally televised. Um, And they they convinced, like I said, some legit partners to to come in and, and show their games. So... I'm sure to see in three or four weeks, like what's the perception? Are people still into it? Um, what's going on with it? Just gonna right. see. But but yeah, I'll,
0: I'll definitely be tuning in again to to watch the football. Yeah, I think I mean it's definitely it definitely makes it to where it's worth the check out for the rest of the season. So if you if you haven't, guys, I would definitely give it a look. I mean, I think it's gonna take some adjustments still to get used to. And if you don't have a team. You know, like, it, that's what's different, too, is NFL, there are these traditions of just teams and these rivalries, and we're here, you just have to have all these brands that you're getting used to. So right now, the brand is, you know, okay, that's Bob Stoops' team with the Renegades, or Jones is the uh, on the D.C. Defenders, or Aaron Murray from Georgia was with the Tampa Vipers. He did get benched, which that was kind of awkward. But, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like It's like the names that go with it, and then eventually, I think it could pick up yeah, I think, I think that's the thing is it's how is it going to do when, – when I was listening to like talk radio and just listening and just thinking about it, you know, right now there is definitely a void. But what is it going to look like? Like what are ratings going to look like when, you know, we've got conference championship basketball and March Madness really takes over, takes NBA over March. Playoffs, like, yeah. NBA playoffs, baseball starting back up. Like you got all these people. Now, granted, there are people who – Their passion is football. They would only do football in the spring. They only look at the draft. They like to look at NFL Network. You know, look at old highlights. Look at uh, player documentaries. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like There are people out there, but I would say the majority of people and how they take in sports, they take them in, or at least from my experience, I would take it in as like a seasonal thing to where, you know, you'd have a favorite sport, but then – you kind of ebb and flow with whatever's in season and there's definitely a rhythm to it, you know, like a natural rhythm that's kind of built over time of the season of like, okay, it's March, that's college basketball, April, it's, you know, start of NBA playoffs and baseball, you know what I mean? And then it'll get into right. summer and then college football and NFL will start in the fall and it kind of just rotates. And so, yeah, I guess all that to say it's it'll be interesting to see how, this will all kind of play yeah. out in a year, and it sounds like they have a plan, or at least the money set in place to be around for about three years. You know, so like they're like that was also the problem with the AAF is that they kind of just ran out of money too. And they so I they think at least ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's obviously like people want to get paid if they're going to get beat up, and so that's I mean the that seems at least in place to where if the product is bringing in the viewership they have the money to pay you know what I mean to pay people and also it helps right. when the average i think the average XFL player is going to make like $50,000 which is not a lot when you consider what all they're doing but from a business standpoint i mean it's when you have when your payroll's a lot less you don't have to make as much to to cover right. all that i mean and obviously like guys like the, the big time quarterbacks and names are gonna make more money but you know it almost has like an MLS type of feel to it and mm-hmm. how they first started yeah and a lot of the guys
1: in this league like they're trying to earn that NFL roster spot that's that's the reason that most of them are in this league now there's some guys that know that they're past their prime or they're just doing it because they love football. Um, but most of the guys in this league are like, all right, I need. I'm gonna use this as a way to show out, so I can try to get that that spot on the NFL roster next year. Um, couple last couple things about it, and then I'll be done. And If you want to finish up with it, you can. Um, a big difference between this and the AAF last year is that the AAF, with their team placement, they strategically placed their teams in locations that did not have. Um, NFL franchises. So there might have been one Mm. team that was in a a city that had an NFL team. I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember all of them. Um, But the XFL went in the exact opposite direction. Seven of their eight teams are in cities that also have NFL franchises. And the one that's not is St. Louis, which, of course, had the Rams. Right. They used to. to Right. Right. So they're going to places that have established – football fans and I think
0: it's a smart move on their behalf to do that yeah I mean I think and obviously too like those are the there's a reason why those cities have the team like those are the bigger markets you know like and 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 so I think it wasn't necessarily a bad move by the AAF to, to not pick those teams and try to go to the cities but there is more of an uphill battle to try to to stake your claim into that city's like culture versus where when you've got Dallas, who are cowboys obsessed and football obsessed and it's Texas, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's not going to be a hard stretch for them. Now, granted, you know, you're not going to be number one, but if you're not trying to be the number one thing in the city, I think you can be okay. And you only can capitalize on people just loving football and loving a different version of it. And so I think it's a win I think it's just it's how you brand it and how you run with it I think it's like True. one of those things like you just have to like if you're picking this you gotta run with it and go for it and I don't know I, I could I guess I could just see like the XFL really becoming like like do you think it would become like in baseball where they're actual minor league teams that are owned by like the parent the affiliation? Club? Like an affiliation? Like an official affiliation? Or do you feel like it might be more of like an unofficial official minor league to where teams, you know, like look at players and pick them from the XFL type of thing? I don't think that the
1: NFL is going to make this a minor league. Um, I just don't see that happening. Because with, with the minor leagues, like they play the same time as Major League Baseball. Like their season coincides and runs along with it. Where this is completely after the season. So it's right. not like if my 53-man roster, if my running back gets injured, I just call up a running back from my XFL minor league team because their season is completely after yours is done. So I don't see that happening. Right. Um, but I know that they are – well, they've already said, like if their guys get NFL roster spots, like get signed in free agency, like they're going to work with them and send them and just let them go or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I, they're they're And they know that they're not – the football league like they know the nfl was still kink they're just doing it as a compliment because they know people love football and people are going to watch it year-round um mm-hmm. so we've kind of already kind of already hinted at the team that i'm going with are the dallas renegades um reason being is because my dynasty fantasy football team are the rock Hill renegades so when i found out that an XFL team was going to share my mascot. I was like, "Well, I'm kind of obliged to be a fan." Um, so the real question is, right here on the podcast, you are going to announce your fandom to an XFL team. You did oh, not know this until me. now. Yeah, that I'm putting uh, you on the just, spot.
0: You're, gonna, you're just gonna put me on the spot. Okay. Yeah,
1: you're gonna have to pick well, someone right now. Because if someone does good,
0: I mean, you can't be a bandwagon fan. So you don't want to be. We've you don't be that person who's just like claiming, yeah. Yeah, so you've already mm. got a week behind you so
1: you're you're getting close to bandwagon status already by after a week. So oh, we got to oh, go really? ahead and nail okay. it down.
0: We got to We're nail this down nail right now. Town. Okay. Um well, as I'm doing this, I'm trying to find the team colors because that is also important as well. Um yes. so we will we'll start off by I'm going to I'm still not 100% but I I'm just going to go in and kind of decide with what I want so here's let's put it this way I know who I don't want so we're going to start there I'm already going to tell you I'm not picking New York I am I just I can't pick a team from New York I think there's something inside of me that just doesn't want that um, and also because they have that's like 20 the, pro- the New York Guardians that's the Orioles um, fan coming out in you <laughs> yeah and it's just New York you, you're you fine you're a great city but you. you also have 20 professional teams so you, you're fine. Um, I think I like LA's logo, the LA Wildcats, but I'm also just not going to pick it in a team from LA. Um, the Tampa Bay Vipers were interesting, but I don't love their colors. Do you know what I mean? Like, you I don't like, like green the and green? Well, the, the green and green is not bad. It's the really light green. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like too much. Um, so, and... I'm not gonna do the DC Defenders. It's probably also the Orioles thing. Uh, I like the Dragons as a logo. I don't know if I love um, the whole the, the way the jersey kind of works together. So I think I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with Houston, the Houston Roughnecks. Okay. Uh, I like I like the feel of it. Um, and also maybe maybe it's just the Clemson playing for Houston as well. Maybe it's just the Sean Watson factor, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I like the Renegades, too. They, they look fun. But if I'm going to pick one, I, I might have to pick the Houston Roughnecks and just jump on in and just say that's who I'm that's who I'm rooting for. All right.
1: Well, there you have it. We're going to mark this in the official uh, log that Nick Roby is a Houston Roughnecks fan. Right. Until and... they bring your franchise to Atlanta or Charlotte, at that point, we have the
0: ability to change our allegiance. Yes, that is the caveat. If it goes to Atlanta or Charlotte, um, I think that's fair if we switch it. And also, just for the record, Houston is in first place. So, I didn't know that when I picked it, but I just looked at the standings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, after one week, I think everyone else in the West is 0 and one and then mm. everybody in the East is 1-0 except for Tampa. So, after yeah. one week, the East is stronger, but... Dallas didn't have Landry
0: Jones this week, so we'll see when old Landry comes back, if, if they can turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. I think I think Dallas will be fun with Bob Stoops. Um, yeah, so there you have it. There's the XFL. Um, and so, Will, was there any other things that caught your eye this week while we're here? I know there's, there's a lot we could talk about just catching up from the beginning of the year, but was there anything else that's kind of been on your sports mind you wanted to chime in with? Well, we got sure. people listening.
1: I'll, I'll do a little bit of the Super Bowl recap um, since we haven't been on since the Super Bowl happened. Um, I gotta say, my boy Debo was the best player on the field for San Fran. Had San Fran been able to pull it out, I think he would have took on the MVP.
0: As a yeah, rookie. I mean, I I would have voted for him. He was the most dynamic player. You can almost argue that. I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill made some big plays, but the most consistent guy might've been Debo. Mm. -hmm. But yeah, but I think
1: Kansas city, I mean, they, they definitely deserved it. The way they came back at the end, um, was pretty awesome. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes deserved the MVP and I might get slandered for saying that I thought Damian Williams was more instrumental to their win as the running back. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to argue against Pat Mahomes winning MVP. I mean, he's
0: awesome. So, But did yeah, Lee might have been more deserving in that game. And didn't he catch the winning touchdown, the go-ahead touchdown pass? And, I mean, and he had the winning, um, the extra touchdown. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm not like, I don't know if I would have voted for Pat Mahomes. I think there's it's also the QB factor. A lot of times uh, the quarterback can win, you know, if they end up winning. But I'm not going to not say he shouldn't have gotten it. It's just I was a little surprised that he got it. For sure.
1: For sure. Um, You mentioned earlier that pitchers and catchers are reporting this week, so baseball is mm-hmm. right around the corner. Um, did you see the
0: proposed rule changes for 2021? I have not seen that. I know – and this is not the – three batter minimum for relievers no that, is, one not that one is going
1: into effect
0: this year that one that one
1: is a legit rule change for this year that you have to right. face three batters or come to the end of an inning right i thought that was okay so it's not that okay no this is this is much more extreme <laughs> and this may be like a main topic on another podcast that we could dive more into i was kind of give you a tease of what is being proposed now um, the proposal would be to go to seven teams in each league make the playoffs. I don't know exactly how that would work. From a like right now, it's pretty easy with a wild card game um, between mm-hmm. teams right four six. and five. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. So right sorry, now it's five. Right now it's five. Yeah. So right now, sorry. like the two wild card teams play each other, and then you have um, the top seed versus the wild card, and the two and three play each other. With seven, that kind of Shakes it up a little bit. But um that's not the big kicker. The big kicker is that the higher seed will be able to choose their opponent from the remaining lower seeds. So if you're the top seed, you can choose anyone below you that's still remaining to be played. So if like the number two seed loses their two best players to injuries in the last week of the season, you could play the number two seed in the first round of, of, of your games. Um and then the, the three seed would have the next choice who they wanted to play below them. So that's a very interesting concept, one of which I don't know if I agree with, um, but it is yeah, out there. Nice. I know every team in the National League would definitely <laughs> pick to play against the Braves um, since
0: we haven't won a playoff series in quite a while. Um, we'd be, we'd be well, first choice. I don't know. I mean, they would have said that about the Nationals pretty recently, too, and they did They, they, they did just win. So, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I'd have to think about it, and that's why it should be a whole separate uh, episode. I'm not sure how it's sitting right now. I have a lot more questions and thoughts that would take up a whole other episode. <laughs> so, why don't you all stay tuned for that? Because that sounds like a really interesting, especially with baseball coming up uh, about proposed change. Uh, that's a lot of playoff teams, for, yeah. say the so What you're talking about—it's literally half seven the league, league, league. Pretty much, that's there's it's 30 teams, and it means 14 teams make the playoffs. So I mean, but other leagues do that. NHL and NBA pretty much ha- over half yeah. their teams, around half their teams make the playoffs. So it's not unprecedented, but then it's like, you know, it's almost like you're putting less emphasis on the regular season. But, and
1: baseball's always been like a very intimate playoff, it feels like. Like when they added the second wildcard team, people were like, wow, I mean, how are we going from four to five in each league? They were up in arms about it, or some people were at yeah. least.
0: For the um, record, I, I still don't like it, but. <laughs> um.
1: I, think, I think it should be a three-game series.
0: Yeah, if you're se- doing it, you have to do it.
1: Yeah, the whole season you're trying to win your series you're in, so why would that change for one game, like, to proceed in the
0: playoffs. It doesn't make sense. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So, well, there you go. Yeah, well, stay tuned for that. Um, I, I mean, another, another topic to hit, I think, just really quickly, is did you watch the Duke and UNC game from this past um, weekend? Yeah, so, yes,
1: I am a North Carolina basketball fan. Um, so that hurt, <laughs> like much of yeah. the season has. Um, but I mean, it was, it was just the perfect storm of plays that Duke executed to be able to win. Um, and then most importantly, just free throws, North Carolina was abysmal at the line. So you can't shoot 50% on your free throws and expect to win.
0: Like it's not going to happen. So that's what I have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, as a non it, I don't have a dog in the fight, really. When, you know, when people ask me, I make like who I root for. I make the, the dad joke of saying I root for Clemson or NC State. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was yeah, it was it was heartbreaking, especially for North Carolina in the season that they've had just with injuries to to be up by ten for majority of the game, you know, or up by multiples possessions, and then for Duke to, to come back multiple times. Um, right. Is pretty hard, but it also shows that they can play with Duke, you know? And Duke has shown right. that they're beatable. I mean, if you let this Clemson team, who's, like, 500, let them beat you, like, and they're a top-10 team, I think it shows that the ACs like, they're beatable, so I wouldn't say that mm-hmm. they're out of it for the next time, but it is pretty a hard pill to swallow when you have them the, in your own building. The crazy thing about North Carolina is,
1: so Brandon Robinson – who's probably their second or third best player this year, um, was injured, and he's out for uh-huh. a couple more weeks. Um, North Carolina, based on their resume alone, is not going to make the NCAA tournament. There is a 0% chance. However, if you win the ACC tournament or your conference tournament, whichever conference you're in, you get an automatic bid. So North Carolina is a team that actually could rally if everyone's healthy. They've proven they can play with anybody um, if just luck falls on their side and, and, and fortune. And they're a team that could be um, like Kimba Walker's UConn team. And what was that, 2009 maybe?
0: 2008? Something like that, yeah, where they won like four games in a row and then like yeah. won a national title.
1: They were like the number nine seed in the, East, in the Big East, and they were like outside of um, – like outside of the bubble on NCAA tournament. And then they ended up winning the big East tournament um, and then winning the championship. I think they were number nine seed in the big East tournament. And they ended up being like a number seven seed in the NCAA tournament. So they were a higher seed yeah. in the NCAA tournament than they were in their own conference. But I mean, yeah, it's on the table for North Carolina. They have the elite talent with Anthony and with Brandon Robinson hitting the shots and, uh, the big guys down low, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, <laughs> I, I would be willing to bet that it's not going to happen. But it's, with a year in college basketball, no one's truly dominant. Mm-hmm. Baylor is probably the closest team to dominant. Um, it's a year that weird stuff could happen. Filling out a
0: bracket yeah. this year is going to be insane. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a weird year for a bracket. That's all I have to say. Because, I mean, what was it, the stat that was crazy earlier in the year? was that in the non-conference we had like six, at least six number one seeds that were upset. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like in back-to-back weeks, you had Duke upset and North Carolina, uh, North North Carolina, Kentucky upset by non-ranked, um, non-Power 5 schools at home. Right. Um, so it's crazy. And North Carolina's, I mean, they've got a chance to at least with the ACC tournament. It's crazy. And you never know. Um if I was going to pick a team to, to win the conference in the tournament, I would say Florida State. But I think out of any of those teams, I think Duke or Louisville is probably the strongest. Maybe Louisville is the strongest team to make it to in the NCAA tournament. But mm-hmm. it's going to be a weird year. But also, it's a great transition. Guys, I don't know if you heard last year, but we did do a March Madness Bracket. Uh, with everyone who follows Backyard Catch. So we will be doing that again. So stay tuned for that and instructions of how to fill out your bracket if you want to take your shot, because it's going to be anybody's year. I've, we don't know who's going to win, <laughs> but it's going to be very exciting. For sure, for sure. Alright, is there okay. anything else that you wanted to squeeze into this episode? Or? No, I'm, I'm good. I, we hit them the XFL and Baseball and basketball. We had a lot of stuff for a catch-up of 2020. I would just say stay tuned for upcoming shows. We've got a lot more stuff coming. So, no, I am all good. This weekend we have the NBA
1: All-Star Weekend, so that'll probably be a nice little topic of conversation next time we
0: speak. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Well, Will, thanks as always for being on. We really appreciate it. No problem, man enjoy doing it with you yeah man all right well guys thanks for listening and don't worry we will not have as long as a break as we did over the holidays so stay tuned and remember to follow us on twitter and instagram facebook uh share with your friends and remember to like and uh, rate the podcast so we know how we're doing and also just just spread it on to more people so they can enjoy it too so thanks for listening and for now we are signing off